It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment to watch any TV show they want. We watch it, we talk about it, and we talk about a bunch of other crap. Today I have two guests who I'm very excited about from the band, the Brooklyn band, Pre-War, Alex Waxman and Ben Johnson. Welcome, fellows. Hi. Thank you very much. Um, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm fantastic. Wow. Okay. So that's, you're not on the same page. No. Different pages. Different. Totally. He's the first page. I'm on the last page. But same book. Same book. Similar book. Okay. Same yeah. author. Same series. Yeah. Series, yeah. Okay. So it's like somebody, like um, how John Clancy started the series, but then somebody else, it's like the John Clancy book, but then somebody else has the the actual, who's yeah. written it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost, Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these are same series, different Ghost Riders. Right. Yeah. Not from the original series. Right. Um, welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so I guess maybe I should introduce you guys a little bit. You guys are from the band Pre-War. I also, uh, all, uh, I'm friends with you guys. We went to uh, school to college together. Full disclosure, we are friends. Full disclosure, we are friends. Um, what friends? the, f- yeah, friends may be too strong. I friends with guess. benefits. Yes. Mm, friendly. Friendly. <laughs> Friendish. This is going to be, this is going to be very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I figured what, how would you, I, I feel like we should play a little bit of your music to get, uh, for an audience that might not, uh, have heard your stuff acquainted with you fellers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How would you, as um, musicians describe your band? Stupid. Um, I describe it as guitar rock to people. Guitar rock. Yeah. Somehow that is the best way to describe it. What would be the difference between guitar rock and rock? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say drum rock. <laughs> and then I started thinking, hmm, what would drum rock be? Uh, just three drummers. Well, I guess it's just like guitars in this are, are a focal point. I tend to be a bit of a focal point. And also, I'd say it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a signifier. So you know the guitars are going to be up and up front, up front. And center, up in your grill, up in your grill. Um, and I saw you guys play recently at the Cake Shop. You yes. guys rock some faces off. We rock there often. Um, you rock there often. You rock them hard. So why don't we just play a little clip of a song right now? So what song is this that we're going to listen to? Uh, this is going to be major minor. Yes, major minor. All right, let's hear a clip of that. Oh wait, what's the real title? No, that's the. Title. That is the real title. Okay. Major Minor Splendor. This is Major Minor Splendor. And we're back. 
What the audience doesn't know is that nothing happened in that second. That was <laughs> super weird. While they were listening to it, just one second happened. So yeah. that's a little bit of time travel for our audience. Yeah, we can actually change the time-space continuum because we're in a Brooklyn band. All Brooklyn bands <laughs> do that. Like uh, TV on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Or... Um, um, neutral... I can't think of any Brooklyn bands. <laughs> neutral Milk Motel. I don't think there are that many. Um, so what, so what, uh, why don't you tell me what show you guys decided to watch tonight? We are going to watch Tales from the Crypt. Um, I'm excited. I've never, I, I have vague memories of this from a kid. I think I was talking to, uh, Waxman before that this was an HBO show. I kind of think that's not true, but I don't think I can officially say that that's not true. um well wikipedia the most definitive source of anything in the world oh, it says, says, says it said it's hbo that makes no sense because i did not have hbo ever um yeah so did I, you I, have maybe HBO? i saw it at friends houses i that's, saw i always saw it at friends houses maybe that's why i'm so fascinated by it and was so excited to watch it because i don't know i really don't know what's going to happen because i feel like it's going to bring back some kind of deep recessed memory yeah, I all I remember Re- is repressed, not recessed. <laughs> well, no, it's just it's just slightly back. <laughs> it's in the couch cushions. Um, uh, yeah, Ben, do you have any fond memories or scary memories of uh, Tales from I the Crypt? I just remember. I remember all I really remember is the intro. The intro is crazy. It is crazy, and also I re- spider webs, dude. Spider webs, and I also I feel like this is a question. This is just an open question that either of you or anyone can answer, which is, I want to know: Did the guy? Did the guy who pops out of the coffin? The, the crypt host, keeper. The, the crypt, crypt keeper. The crypt uh, official title. Yes. Did he inspire all those Megadeth T-shirts, or did the Megadeth T-shirts inspire him? Do you know what I'm talking about? That I know guy? what you're talking about. Well. I, this is again from my Wikipedia. Also, do all crypt keepers uh, look the same? And am I racist towards crypt keepers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. First of all, yes, you're racist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> towards perfect. crypt keepers. Okay. Well, I I know this that this I don't think crypt keeper is a race. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's, a it's a job. It's a job. <laughs> it's a job. Okay. I'm I'm classist. But it's a job only keepers. for a certain race. <laughs> um. This. Uh, this show is actually based off of a comic, Tales from the Crypt, from like the 40s or 50s, like an EC comic. Oh, so yeah. my guess is that I don't know. I didn't. I did very very little research, but um, that it's that I think the, it's styled upon. Yes, the the visual, like the the logo, is definitely styled upon it. And I assume maybe the Crypt Keeper and and uh, if you're a huge fan listening and I'm wrong then fuck you I don't I don't, I don't care um, especially if you're a huge fan fuck you if you're a huge fan then don't listen to yeah, this this you. isn't you're not gonna like this um, but uh, yeah so my assumption is maybe that it existed before him but that Megadeth guy Dave Mustaine D- <laughs> <laughs> yes Dave Mustaine have you guys seen um, now Dave Mustaine was originally in Metallica. Metallica. Have you guys seen um, some kind of monster? The documentary about uh, Metallica. I have not. I have not. Alex, have. it is. I'd say one of the essential rock documentaries. I'm not kidding. It's true. I think I need to go back and watch it. I remember it being really good. It is so good, and all of the people, guys, in Metallica, Lars Ulrich, especially, comes off come off as the biggest douchebags in the world. Yeah. And but Dave, I don't have a big Metallica frame of reference. 
So I feel like a movie would have meant a lot more to me had I had that. But it is completely entertaining on its in its own. Right. Yeah, I think it's basically like a real life sort of spinal tap, but as yeah. if they were rich and like didn't care anymore and were just doing it for the money. And uh, I was a Metallica, you know, like a fan when I was a kid. And not like a diehard, but just yeah. seeing them like selling paintings at auction and being like pulled over in, in like mm. these terribly expensive hot rods and, and they have it is amazing. And then Dave Mustaine, the reason I brought up is, is interviewed and he's like, I'd never recovered from being thrown out. Th- yeah, from being thrown out of, uh, Metallica. Oh, uh, well, not from the making of the movie. He definitely doesn't seem it, it, like he's in recovery. Well. <laughs> He's definitely doesn't he once in a while just pop up on like conservative radio or yeah. like have like a weird. He's a big tea partier. Uh, Him and um, what's that guy's the Nuge, Ted Nugent. Yeah, yeah, For, he's he's real into uh, crossbows. Ted Nugent to the layman, to the the Nuge or yeah. the King of Cat Scratch Fever. Yeah, as he may be known. Um, so the episode that you guys picked is called I believe it's called uh, For Crying Out Loud. Yep. Why'd yep. you pick this one? Uh, I uh, was just looking at a list of best slash worst episodes ever, <laughs> and I don't remember any. I don't remember uh, any I really episodes hope you picked from the best and not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Uh, I don't remember any of the content of any Tales from the Crypt episode ever. I mm-hmm. just remember the intro. So I just picked this one because the guy was holding a guitar. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you a little something. I looked this episode up on IMDb. I did a little bit of research again. Okay. Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison does a voiceover in it. Iggy Pop is in it. Oh, <laughs> And Katie Siegel from uh, Married with Children. Uh, she plays mm. Lila on Futurama, and she's now in Sons of Anarchy. Okay. And the guy who wrote this. Must have been on the best list. I hope the so. guy who wrote this also wrote, among other things, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. What? So I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see this episode. I'm a little scared. <laughs> well, it is Are we nighttime. Turn the lights out while we but watch. The this? reason I'm scared is because it was. I have super creepy memories of this show. But we can get it. You mean about like your friends? Like what you and your friends? Well, were? I don't. Yeah, basically. You have recessed and I think memories. it might have to do with having been at other people's houses watching it. Right. Ooh, we'll have to talk about when when we when, after deep. we listen, we have to talk about that, and I also want to talk about sleepovers at other people's. Yeah. Houses. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we're sleeping, we're having a sleepover yeah, after tonight, we watch this episode. Yeah. Um, cool. So why don't we check it out? And uh, anything that we should look f- look for, or that you're ex- specifically excited about in this episode? I, Iggy, I, Pop. I, Iggy Pop. Iggy yeah, Pop. Iggy Pop. Definitely. <laughs> Iggy Pop. That's going to be and this is from the second season so i think this is from like 1990 just to give us a little bit of context but iggy pop's best era <laughs> yeah this is this is his skinniest and uh and most glass um smashing on his chest yeah era not really. no this is not this really is like uh nobody remembers nobody who iggy pop is. <laughs> exactly and he's on tales from the crypt and he was also in one episode or a couple episodes of pete and pete yeah. well um cool this, yeah so why don't we why don't we watch? Let's do, Let's it. do it. Hey, monkey dick. I killed my banker. Well, somebody prepared to get the cop. You hear that? Yeah, tell the cop I stuffed the bitch in Donnie Osmond's glove case. 
What's the matter with you, Queenie? Never made pee-pee next to a psychopath before? Still don't think they can hear me, Marty? No. No. It's not possible. It's not possible. This, this is not possible. This, is, this cannot be possible. Then why is everybody looking at you, fucker? Just open that door and I'll tell them all. Attention shoppers! We got a murderer in here in 03! You'll be my guest. The music's so loud they can't hear you. Then I guess I'll have to speak a little louder! And I'll just have to turn the music up a little louder. Go ahead, Marty. Give me your best shot. We'll see who cracks first. Turn it up, Spud. Marty just told me to turn it down. Well, now I'm telling you, turn it up. Don't turn it up, Spud. Turn me into the cop. Did you hear me? All right, we just watched Tales from the Crypt uh, for crying out loud. Uh, I'd say my review is straight up awesome to start. What'd you guys think? Moved. Moved. Deeply moved. Deeply moved. That was great. It was so fun to watch. It's well done. It's really well done. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I remember watching. All I remember is you know the as we said, sort of the Crypt Keeper, which is the. Um, just the bookends of the thing, sort of telling cheesy death jokes. Yeah, it's very punny. It's, it's like a lot of puns going on there. Totally punny. Totally tongue in cheek. Yeah, um, pun in cheek. Pu- Ooh, hello, hello, doctor. Um, but it holds up. Like it doesn't feel. It's obviously. It, I mean, even though it's from the early '90s, like I'd watch that now and I'd be like, "Oh, this is so much fun." It's yeah. just. It's super dark, but it's all with a really like dark sense of fun sense of humor yeah it's very it's also very it's like tightly written for what it is like it all rhymes and it ties up really nice and it's like it's pro you know (laughs) yeah it's it's no bullshit well when i was uh, wikipediaing it i was surprised to see that this show had a lot of really good people writing and directing it like obviously this Mm -hmm. guy was one of the writers on who framed roger rabbit he also wrote Wild Wild West, um, the Will, Will Smith, Smith movie. <laughs> Kevin Klein movie, um, but and but Kenneth Branagh, like, um, <laughs> but like, oh, Robert Zemeckis was one of the executive producers of this. Um, Tom Hanks did uh, like an episode of the uh, wrote an episode of this. So like, as the Crypt Keeper, <laughs> he played the Crypt Keeper. He directed one. Like a lot of good directors. Arnold Schwarzenegger directed an episode of this. Directed. So, Exactly. Wait, that that happened ever? Yeah, once? I really want to. I want to find that episode. But I think it. I think it sort of invited. I think partially because it's HBO and it's sort of like um, a more free for all. Like they're, they're allowed to do a lot of stuff that you can't do on the networks, especially in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah, I think it's sort of broken up and now with cable. But but you could see them also kind of like like the moments where they were like forced that were like. We're on HBO, so like we'll throw in like a couple swear words and <laughs> a couple, a couple, a couple shot. The booby shot. Yeah. There was one like booby shot, gratuitous booby shot, and like, but it was like, so tiny, it was so fast. It was like one second. But if you were a kid watching that and you saw that booby, that would keep you watching the rest of the episode to like, <laughs> yeah. is there going to be more booby? Exactly. I think I would have tuned in straight off the top, knowing that I would just get that little nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's give a. I think we should give a quick synopsis of the episode. Yeah. Um, 
I'd say basically it, it's and it's nicely done. Like it starts off with a guy running to uh, after the Crypt Keeper introduces yeah. a guy running to the electric chair, wanting to die, and super he's super pumped to die. Super pumped, and he's sort of this. I said super punk. <laughs> he, well, he has a that shaved is head. Punk rock. Actually. It's punk rock to want again. The episode's in the, very punk rock. Um, he runs the electric chair, and he's obviously talking to voices in his head, and and the people. Uh, the sort of uh, guards and stuff are like, who's he talking to? Whatever. Yeah. And uh, then it flashes back two years, and it's a concert promoter, and he's stealing money. He he's hosting a concert that Iggy Pop is playing at, and it's to raise money for the Amazon. But it's all which is so nineties, so nineties. Do you guys remember uh, what's it called? That the the Amazon the, the Amazon.com? No, the like the peanut brittle, but it was Amazon. <laughs> Do you know what I'm peanut talking about? Peanut brittle. Amazon. You, you guys know what peanut brittle is. <laughs> Explain. You get it at like the Amazon store, and it's like the sugary. Explain what the Amazon store yeah. is. <laughs> I grew up in a hippie family, and uh, there was like a there was an Amazon store where um, you, you would mean buy. Amazon.com. Yeah, you yeah, saw. it's easy. You order, you can get an Amazon locker. No, you would buy stuff that all the proceeds. It was probably a sham too, but you would buy stuff that all the proceeds would go towards saving the Amazon. That was like a big thing in the '90s, saving the Amazon uh, saving forests. The Amazon. So you could buy like you know you could buy peanut brittle that you would just. <laughs> it eat seems like as a kid, that's good. the only thing you ate. Yeah. It was peanut brittle. I do remember that. We were saving the Amazon one like square meter at a time. Of and, peanut brittle. But the thing that was really disappointing was that the Amazon was really big. Yeah. And you were literally saving it one square meter. Yeah, it was a very time. uphill battle. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's only like three meters left. But it was like, yeah, it was like like 85% of it had been wiped out at that point. So you were just fighting for like that 5%. Here's a quick question. Just the Amazon still exists, right? Yeah. (laughs) But nobody cares. But it's only because I ate a fuck ton load of peanut brittle. Yeah. When I was 11. (laughs) And that's also why you're 200 pounds overweight. Exactly. We didn't mention that. Ben is obese and he's taking up all of this. I'm for Ben members. This is an intervention. (laughs) This is a food intervention. Um, But it's a, it's a, a concert to benefit the Amazon and he brings out a, uh, I guess a native Amazon uh, fellow, and it turns out to all be a sham. And he, there's a He's check. Stealing the money. He hands him a big check for, and then a, it's for like, a million dollars. And then it's his friend so and so who he gives like slips of fifty two as he goes out the back door, and then he goes up to and and then the guy, his name is Marty Slash, which is all the names in this episode are great. His name is Marty Slash, and. Uh, uh, the, oh wait, we gotta finish telling. The yeah, then we'll get to the the best name of the episode. Yeah. Um, his name is Marty Slash. He runs to his office and he's he's stashed all Slash has stashed all of the one million dollars and he puts it into a metal briefcase and he's going to flee to with, Portugal to, to Portugal, Portugal because I guess have they it's hard to um what's it called when a country extradition extradition and uh, and all of a sudden a voice in his head starts and that's Sam Kinison. And it's his conscience, and he's telling him not to to stop. And and the Marty Slash is saying, "I don't have a conscience." And then all of a sudden, this hot chickadee comes in, Katie Siegel, and starts like flirting with him. And she ends up being Katie Siegel, being Peg Bundy. Peggy Bundy. Um, Who I feel like can we, let me yeah. Talk let's talk about Peggy Bundy. For yeah, a yeah. I feel like 
she played Here, Peggy uh, Bundy is such a raunchy character. Um, but seeing her tonight, I felt like she, uh, I felt like I glimpsed that she, I think she was like one of those celebrities that like milked the system, but never got sucked into it entirely. I, mm-hmm. And like maybe had like an, and this is based on nothing, but, uh, like maybe like there was more to her and she kind of kept like a pretty low profile and, and like made it out and didn't. Well, I think what's interesting, uh, and I think you're right in a way, what's interesting about her is in um, Married with Children, she she plays such a specific sort of um, typecast, like it's a cartoonish character. She's sort of like all about bonbons and like she's sort of like um, steal, you know, like stealing Al's money and like being like a a, like sort of a succubus type character. And sort of like I feel like Christina Applegate's character, she sort of got typecast, or people think of her that way. But with uh, Katie Siegel, I feel like she's above that. Like I you, think like something more to her. I think she's and awesome. I caught a little glimpse of it tonight. Yeah, yeah, I think she's she's badass. Like I think she's like sort of a badass actress. I wonder what her deal is. I wonder what her story is. Well, yeah, I, I I don't know, but she's in that show Sons of Anarchy, and she plays uh, oh, she's like she's a main character in, in that. The... But she's also played in Futurama. She was the voice of Leela, uh, the one-eyed uh, alien. So uh, she's been. Yeah. Even though she might not be like in the um, the public eye, she's she definitely been, been around. She been around a block, yeah. But in this, in this, she plays. Um, oh, so she comes into Marty Slash's office, and she's sort of like. Well, there's a weird moment where she comes onto him, and she's wearing all leather, and she's sort of sexed up. And she and she's like, uh, let's get it on. And he's trying to flee. He wants to go to Portugal to spend all of his million dollars See. that he stole from the rainforest. But meanwhile, he's hearing the voices in the head that are driving him nuts. Yeah. So a lot of stuff's going on. And, and, and we then, should say the voice in his head is supposed to be his conscience. Right. Yes. So the guy's constantly telling him, just messing with him, trying to get him to confess and also meanwhile being it's very sam kinnison yelling ah ah and and yeah. saying dirty jokes and stuff it's great i mean super it's, annoying it's super annoying if it was your voice in your head and it's really great casting and it kind of makes you want to get out of the episode in the same way that the guy wants to die to get out <laughs> yes you, you understand why this guy would want to die if i had sam kinnison in my head all the time i would Definitely want to die. Well, I, I would think be that running for the electric chair might be one of the reasons Sam Kinison is not alive. Is maybe he had his own voice in his head. I guess that's a super depressing thing to say. And I guess Sam, I when think did he, he died. died? In, I he think died he died like five in a car- years ago. No, no, he died in the eighties. I think uh, he was in a car crash. Early nineties, I thought. Maybe lady. Well, this was eighty nine. Time in the last twenty years. He he died from either from the year nineteen hundred to now. He died. <laughs> Also, I noticed I was uh, looking at his Wikipedia page because obviously that's the only place we find information now. But I was looking at his Wikipedia page and it lists his three wives. So he's divorced to the first two and the last one he was married to for four days. The last day of which was the day he died. Wow. Oh, right. Okay. I think that's right. So that sucks. (laughs) That's... Just kind of interesting. In the well, I, my, my assumption is, I, again, I don't know anything about him at, towards the end of his life, or except for that he was very drugged up, is that that was probably a weird time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah, that, that, that uh, 
that's a mess. But um, he is the voice in this in the guy's head. She comes on to him. She puts on like a finger condom where, which is so weird. What did you what guys did think was going to happen? I thought it she was going to put it up as well. Though it was a. Um, it was, yeah, it was thing. a banker it was a, thing. Oh, yeah. it was like a money counting it's thing. It's a money counting exactly. thing. But it seemed like she was making this weird sexual... No, it definitely was. That was the joke. But she was, was going to put funny. it in his butt. But it yeah. turns out that she takes off her wig and she puts on some glasses and she's one of the bankers that's Miss on... Miss Kilbasa? She's and her name, personal banker. Her personal banker and her name is Miss Kilbasa. Which, which is, is, by which the is way, if you're Portuguese. Portuguese. Ooh. Interestingly enough. Wait. Portuguese sausage. Kilbasa. Oh. Okay, so wow. there's layers to this. Episode. There's so many layers. <laughs> I love this. I love this, guys. So, who was the writer who? His that's name. The, well, that's writer, the beauty right? of being an HBO writer on Tales from the Crypt is you can slip in little gems like <laughs> Miss Kilpatrick. But I, I mean, I hope. I mean, that's one of those things where that's such a great like. I mean, if it's but if an you accident, don't even acknowledge it, then it just go, it's better if you don't acknowledge. That yeah, now I don't Kilpatrick. like it as much. <laughs> no, I mean, now like I mean, in the context of the episode, like nobody questions the fact that she's Miss Kilpatrick. Right? Yeah. So it's so much funnier because nobody ever. Nobody's had, like what? What? Yeah. It's just her name, Miss yeah, Kilpatrick. I wish in every in every movie or TV show there was just everybody just had a crazy last name and nobody ever mentioned it. But it should all be sausage based, (laughs) (laughs) like uh, Merguez, Miss Merguez. Um, So she so she reveals she's the banker. She wants in on the money. She like wants a cut, and then he smashes her head in with a guitar while she's counting out her cut. He offers her. He says, "Take the cut." They, uh, while she's counting it out, they smash. He smashes over her head with a guitar that was given to him by Pete Townsend. Well, I don't know if that was that a joke or that was a joke. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was Pete Townsend's guitar. I'm not sure. He could um, have been. And um, and he stuffs her body. Stuffs her body in. What's Paul, uh, in Donny oh, Osmond's? Donnie, yeah. What's that kick drum, co- drum case. Uh, case? Which is pretty amazing that he was able to fit a body into a kick drum case, and it said it was property of Donny Osmond, which is also like just another funny so joke, weird. like that it's like a lame Donny Osmond drum, and uh, and then a police officer comes in because of a noise complaint, and Sam Kinison's just like, admit it, admit it, admit it, and. Uh, and eventually he does – he tries to make an exit. He runs down, but Sam Kinison's yelling at him in his ear. And the guy turns up the music to drown out the voice in his head and starts banging his head against a speaker. A, a speaker and then and – then, uh, Puts a, his head through the speaker? He puts his head through the speaker. The music stops. And what's the final straw? Oh, the he, music he stops. He goes up on stage. He's, the, yeah. the music stops. Sam Kinison's voice is saying, they can hear me. Um, that's why everybody's looking at you. And he yells, I killed my banker. That's what Sam Kinison, the voice inside his head says. And then basically, um, everybody hears that. He said, I, the, the music stops. And, and then Marty slash says, I, I didn't mean to, I killed the banker. I killed the banker. And then sort of Sam Kinison says, what's that in your ear? And it, and, uh, Marty slash had oh. been Q-tipping his ear. And he's like, that's why every Sam Kinison says, nobody could hear me the whole time. You could have made a clean escape. Just people were looking at you weird. Which is a minor plot point that just turned major that we didn't actually yeah, discuss in the beginning, address. which is the first scene of him, uh, at, you know, as a promoter is that he goes to the doctor to get treated for tinnitus, which Alex and I probably both suffer from. 
Yeah. Which is like the, the, the thing in your ear when you play really, really loud music in your ears and you start suffering hearing loss. Although this guy, his problem was not tinnitus or tetanitis or whatever you call it. Tetanus. Tetanus, tetanus shots. His problem was that he uh, was psychotic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes down wait, to you it. You don't suffer from that. You don't um, have that. Wait, is that? He had, no, he had, psych- he had a psycho- psychosis induced by tintness. Tintness. Wait, so do you guys really have I know do you have I did hearing? I don't have it anymore. What how does that so what is tet tinnitus. Tinnitus. Well actually it's interesting you bring that up because Titness. I think if you actually had tit mice, uh-huh. it would drive you crazy. Because my what? brief the brief interlude where I where I think I was starting to get it, I it is really intense. Well, explain. Uh, just like a con, like we would have like these really, really loud practices, and you'd come home and you would just, you'd lie in bed at night and you would just hear this, like these just weird phantom sounds and like, uh, or just like it would just feel like you had like cotton balls just stuffed in your ears. Is that sort just- of like that noise where you, when you come home from a concert and you sort of like, you're, it's all muffled and like you it's hear... It's ringing, you hear yeah. like a constant... Yeah. I never got to, I don't think I ever got to the point where I was like, hear, like, like, I would just hear random sounds or anything like that. But I definitely scared myself. Yeah. Nice, nicely. It, it definitely, it's, it's, it's real, kids. Yeah. And so now do you play with um, stuff in your ears? Like uh, Now we just don't play as long or as loud or as – or for, I think it was more prolonged period. It would be like four hours of the most deafening music in a really small room that just blasted your ears. Also, we've got enough hearing loss now that it's not – I was going to say you're now old men. <laughs> so that, that that's the main difference is now you're we old guys. We just don't practice as much. <laughs> <laughs> But it's also weird because sometimes there's a form of it too that happens where you you'll hear the noise briefly, it'll go and then it'll be gone. Oh, wait, just randomly? No. It'll just keep yeah, it'll just happen randomly. Like I've had that happen to me like a day or two later. And it's just you'll hear this pulse of sound come through your ears sort of come in and then fade out and if you recall, uh, I'll shut up in a minute and keep talking about this actual show. But if you'll recall the movie Children of Men, yes, they oh yeah, describe they describe this. And what the description is, what you hear, uh, you'll never hear again when that happens. You'll hear this tone that's actually you're you're losing that spectrum of your hearing. Oh, Whoa, that's. that's- Sad. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, so you're so hearing... I don't actually know if that's real, but that's what they say in Children of Men. That First they... of all, great movie. I think we saw that together, Wax, once in, in the theaters. Is that possible? Quite possible. Um, wait, I don't remember that part, but that's such a crazy thing that you would hear something that and that's like... I don't even quite understand what that even means. Well, you have a spectrum of hearing of sound, so you hear from like 10... Uh, thousand kilohertz to forty thousand kilohertz, or whatever you hear, uh, a spectrum of sound from low, uh, low, really low notes to really high notes. Right. And so that description is that you would hear 
That's the waning of a certain range. A certain range. Yeah. But right. But if you let's say like somebody has a voice in that range, you just it doesn't exist to you anymore. I think voices would exist in a, in within a certain spectrum that you would be able to hear. So like maybe you wouldn't hear it as detailed or something. Yeah, you wouldn't hear it as detailed. So you would hear you would hear the range you could hear, but you wouldn't be able to hear the kind of. My mind is blown. Yeah, that's what happens when you rock hard. <laughs> you guys are rock. What did you guys think of uh, Iggy Pop in the episode? Because that was yeah, great. So I he was with it was Iggy Pop and an the leather the, the leather weasels was spelled. I think I think that was a real Iggy Pop band. Uh, that the reason the reason I think it was real too was the drum set was there was a thing. It was hardly seen, but it was like. It just had, I think it was leather weasels and it was sort of on the kick drum yeah. or whatever. And it just seemed real to me. Either really detailed, uh, detail oriented set design. But it, yeah, it didn't bit. look, it didn't look good enough that I was like, oh, this, it was made for the thing. It just looked like a throwaway thing that the band did. Yeah. Um, so you thought badass? Um, I thought he looked great. And I thought the, and I actually like, yeah, I don't know if those were real songs they were playing, but I actually thought the song sounded pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. They were like, they were like, how? I don't know. Maybe I missed whatever Iggy was doing in the '90s, but I could have been definitely into that. Well, did Iggy ever? I mean, popularity-wise, he left, but he's really he's always know been what a bad Iggy like, Pop in the '90s. Really? I mean, he was still around. He was. I mean, yeah. Hey, man. Hey, but man. I mean. Yeah, I, I guess he probably put out records. I don't know. I like the sort of, we were talking about the cartoonishness of the episode while we were watching it. Um, but it was a cool cartoonishness. Like, this era that it was made was like 1990s. So that's sort of around the time of like Guns N' Roses was huge. That's sort of like L.A. rock type thing. And this is obviously what the episode was playing on. Um, but it was... I thought for some reason in my head, it was all taking place in Miami. Oh, it sort of did in have my that. Head, yeah, it was well, in Miami for some, but that's because Iggy Pop is from lives in Miami now. And it, I think it might also have to do with the degree of shininess of Marty Slash's jacket. Like that seems <laughs> <laughs> that seems like very very Miami. But also, he was wearing a Western tie, a bolo, like a, a, a bolo, bolo tie. tie. Yeah, which um, is just a signifier for sleaze, apparently. Yeah. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, Unless you're riding a horse, <laughs> <laughs> in which it means you ride horses. Yeah. Um, but it was such a cool, like, it definitely felt of that time. It was sort of parody-ish. It felt like a parody, sort of a heightened version of it, but it, not in a cheesy way, in like a very um, aware way. That was really cool. Yeah, I mean, the set seemed to me like shabby is the wrong word, but like it had this sort of yeah. like, it had this like grime Mm-hmm. Like sheen to it or something, and it, like I feel like a lot of those movies. I feel like like the um, I started movies? to say what's eating Roger Rabbit, which is a good <laughs> oh, friend. Yeah, yeah, but I know what you're saying. That right? movie also it had weird set design too. Right? But it's like it, you know what? It's Dick very Tracy? it's very precise. Yeah, like it's very precise, but it's not clean. Right. It's like it's uh. There's something that has a lived-in look to it and stuff. It doesn't just look like like BSC, like Hollywood style. I would, you know, the thing is that the the interiors are ninety percent of the creep factor. Mm-hmm. It tells from the crypt. Yeah, well, they carry so much of the weight. That's the other thing is, I mean, I didn't watch it. I remember the show from being a kid. I remember the intro and the Crypt Keeper, but I don't remember anything specific. But this, it wasn't inherently like 
scary, like scary, scary, but it was, the tone of it was very like warped and, uh, and messed up. Like it definitely, if you're a kid watching that, I can imagine that really affecting you. And it's cool too, because when we were watching at the beginning, the opening credits, it was saying that it was, um, uh, like based on stories originally pub- published in like shock suspense, something like that, um, which was published by William M. Gaines, who, uh, if you don't know, was the creator of Mad Magazine, and Mad Magazine started as sort of like a horror pulp comic, and started then worked into the like parody and comedy thing. Hmm. But it was from that era of like tales from the crypt, uh, like weird science type things. And even though this was very like eighties, early nineties, it still had that feel of like pulp. pulp, pulp, yeah, total pulp, yeah, yeah. Is pulp? Uh, point of information is pulp different than camp? Yes. yes. Explain because I can't. Well, how would you put it? Well, I actually I think they're kind of related because it's it's like an awareness of the form that you're working in. Mm. But I think that camp is sort of a is in kind of a send up of a genre, okay. whereas pulp is like we're just going into this genre and we're just going to do it. Yeah, and it's like it, pulp might be like dirty and like um, exploitative and camp might be more like fun and self-referential, you know? Yeah, got it. Um, that's sort of the, I've, maybe that's not a good description, but more feel-wise. Yeah, I don't how- think that Tales from the Crypt is, I, Tales from the Crypt seems more pulp than camp to me, although I guess there's a little camp I think that I think the um, host of Tales from the Crypt, the Crypt Keeper, is sort of is campy. Camp. Oh, by campy. the way, exactly. just quick note. The the Crypt Keeper to me is Brian Eno. His hairstyle is Whoa. is classic Brian Eno. Well, well, wait, I don't you know because I know Brian Eno, but I don't know his hairstyle. Do you mean the uh, well, the Brian wig that Eno, he was wearing? Brian Eno in the in the No Wave era, which is eighties or late seventies New York. Uh, so like in the in the late seventies New York, uh, No Wave is like a musical is like the kind of. Uh, musical community that actually Brian Eno put out a compilation that was called, that was called, I believe no wave. And it was, uh, it was all the bands that were at CBGB's. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was like, uh, it was television and, uh, actually I've never seen the comp. It was probably, uh, that uh, I'm not gonna be able to think of the bands that were on it now. I assume it ha- would have to have talking heads since he was, he's related actually to actually on it. Um, it was more like, uh, MDMA or like Ardo Lindsay's band. I'm not going to try to name these things. Cause then anyway, no worries. But basically Brian Eno was around in New York in the late seventies, as was Iggy Pop. Iggy mm-hmm. Pop was a, like a huge star mm. at that point. And Brian Eno was around and you see these pictures and he's bald on the top, but he has long stringy hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a sick hairstyle and it's bold as shit. Do you, when when bald, you say sick, you mean, do you mean sick awesome or like, well, like ew, sick, that's sort like of the sick. Keepers, like. <laughs> Cause I it's feel like, like there's also so sick. It's dead. It's sick. There's like, I feel like Just an era of uh, Paul Simon where he had like that sort of like balding, like stringy. And you're like, it's Ugh. like basically, like you know nowadays like GQ magazine will tell you if you're going bald like cut it close to your head he was like fuck it <laughs> fuck it like it's so yeah it's yeah that is it's, bold it's like it's so bold and it's like incredibly sexy because it's just like 
It's so crazy. But when you say sexy, you mean like disgusting? <laughs> no, it's really sexy. I'm not even kidding. It's amazing. Wow. Because it's like, I don't, it is like, it's like I'm so awesome yeah. that you don't even care. You're not even going to care what exactly. I do on my head. It's like, I am so potent sexually that basically like whatever is going on in my head <laughs> is like, it's, you non-factor. won't even notice it. You won't even notice Total it. non-factor. <laughs> Well, that's why I guess that the Crypt Keeper gets so much, so many chicks. Yeah. yeah. But it, uh, that is the thing about the Crypt Keeper is, as a kid, I'm sure I was super scared, but like was like, this guy's awesome. Like, he is cool. Like I would like, hang out with the Crypt Keeper, absolutely. He's a cool cat. He's a cool customer. He Did you notice the part in the beginning where he said, um, he looked at the rats and he said, those are my uh, groupies? Yeah, there was a lot of rock and roll. So does that mean yeah. that he has sex with rats? They give him sexual Blow jobs, favors. I think. Yeah. Oh. Um they climb through his nether regions. Ooh. Uh, oh, Sorry. Boy. Oh god, I'm getting I'm getting hot and bothered right now. You just got me going. Mm. Um we were talking before uh oh, did you have other stuff that you wanted to bring up uh that uh, I just had a bunch of like pretentious Notes basically. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll let's no, see. actually, Here, let's I think going. we covered most of mine. We we kept some notes during the episode, so I wanted to see if you guys. Um, uh, but I one of the things we mentioned before was um, when we originally like watched the show. What we remember from kids was like sleepovers and watching scary stuff. Oh, yeah, Do you guys yeah. have any? Um, specific remembrances from the Ben is smiling, so I know I know whatever we're about to hear is either disturbing or or, or very telling of Ben's personality. No, I don't have any stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one, which was there's this friend of mine who was like I. He wasn't the main friend I would be watching cable TV at his house, but for some reason I had like associated with that because there was a lot of kind of like craziness and this was like we were a little older and we were like just starting to experiment with like booze and 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 stuff of that nature and i remember like really like just starting to experiment with booze but that was like the extension of like watching cable tv like one day you're watching cable tv at the kid's house watching tales of the crypt and the next day you're like trying to like break into the liquor cabinet (laughs) if cable tv is dangerous yeah well it's just that it was just the an environment of permissiveness. You're so, at the edge. You're on the cusp. Of yeah, you're something. on the cusp, and yeah. that's the place where you go to mess around. And so I remember going to this kid's house, and we we're the garage above the basement was the place to do our stuff. And I remember I didn't have any experience with booze at all, and I we were stealing booze from the the parents' house, and I we mixed like gin, red wine. Uh, bourbon, Ugh. and we just mixed it all together into Ugh. one thing and drank oh, it. Man. And I can't imagine we drank a lot of it, but I'm pretty sure we got really sick. That sounds terrible. I'm getting sick just listening it was to you. Terrible. Wait, you mixed it into like a cup or like a vat or? I'm what? pretty sure we would just mix it into like a mug, like a coffee mug. Oh god! Did you put any tang in there? Was there tang in that? No, you just... didn't put anything just to lighten the load yeah, a, a little, little something. Bit. It's funny that that was the logic. It was like, oh, if I mix these together, that's a that's an even yeah, like idea. as if one of them wouldn't have done you in enough. Yeah. You're like, yeah, but why don't we put all these things that we don't know anything about? Yeah, together? that's just... interesting because you were literally. Experimenting with booze, you yeah. were like 
putting things into different like beakers yeah. and like pouring them together. Just mixing them all together. Well, there is so, there is something that seems very adult about mixing things. We're like, oh, yeah. yeah, adults must mix all this <laughs> stuff together. That must have tasted like ass. Yeah. But what? I always hated staying at people's houses. I really loathed it. Really? It's the worst. Yeah. Really? Were you were you made to? I mean, was it like no. it was just when fr- a lot of bunch of friends were over that you're I like just always hated it. I mean, didn't you? I remember one sleepover at a friend's house, and I I believe we watched the um, Josh Brolin skateboarding um, or BMX movie. Is Josh Brolin the guy in uh, the Coen Brothers movie? Yes. No Country for Old Men. No yes. Country for Old Men. Yeah. Oh, it really is. Josh Brolin, he was in like W. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the George W. Bush Alverston movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was in like a, either a BMX or a Were skateboarding. Were you sleeping at your, over at your friend's house like two years ago? <laughs> no, no. In the 80s, he was like in the Goonies. He was like in yeah, a lot uh, of 80s yeah, movies before yeah. he was like a respected uh, uh, actor. And uh, But I remember we slept over and in the middle of the night, I'd get, when I was young, I'd get sort of like stomach aches, I think, out of you nerves. You were the kid with the stomach aches. Yeah. Like in, I remember in elementary school, my mom would send me in my lunchbox, I'd have like Tums because I just, I think it was just like being tense and nervous. I'd be scared. So I'd get stomach aches. And, and I remember once, um, I was at a friend's house and it was the middle of the night and I got a stomach ache. And I think we had also been like messing Mixing with each other. Together. <laughs> no, this was like elementary school. So we're like, putting toothpaste in each other's ears and like yeah. that type of stuff. Ugh. And uh, and I got a stomach ache in the middle of the night and I had to call my mom to pick me up. Yeah. I remember that being like a very sort of like it's traumatic traumatic thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, because that that's like an interesting that's interesting because that in that situation you can't just like call your mom and be like, "Yo, can you come pick me up?" You have to wake up <laughs> yo, the parents, the parents have up. to be yeah. yo, yo yo mom, yo, come mom. pick me up. But you have Get to call, you have to wake up. My smartphone. Yeah, you well, you have to text your mom. You yeah. actually have to. Like, well, this was in the days where text no didn't text. exist, so Pre-text. we had to beep each other. <laughs> no, I had a, yeah, you'd have to wake up the parents and right. do all that jazz. And the parents are like, what the fuck is wrong? But at with the you? same time, they're like, it's not their kid, and they obviously know yeah. you're not feeling, even if it's psychosomatic, it's, you know, that they, oh, God. And they're like, oh, at least we don't have to make this fucking good pancakes. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to make two less pancakes. What a what a weight off of our shoulders. <laughs> it's just like early socialization. I think it's a bad idea. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, kids should be left to their own devices. I just don't the, think people should be staying at other people's houses. I also See, I'm the opposite. I loved that shit. Oh, really? I was well, like, you're also you are also like a terror. You are like yeah. you were the kid probably putting toothpaste in each other uh, in people's ears. And I never it. did that, but I did. But I was like I was the kid who didn't want to go to sleep. And also was like very interested in hitting you in the face with a pillow <laughs> as soon as you went to sleep. You know what I mean? I have uh, one early memory of a sleepover at one kid's house, and we were watching pay cable, so like HBO, yeah. and we saw a movie that was sort of it must have been like sort of Cinemax, but it wasn't like a sex scene. But there were boobies, but more than there was like in the episode of Tales of Curves we would just watch, there was maybe what like 0.5 seconds worth barely of barely popping out 0. the bra. 0.5 booby. 0. Yeah. 0.5 booby in a yeah. bra, but it was somebody at a concert. And this one was full booby, and I remember specifically like a pearl necklace. She was wearing like a pearl necklace. <laughs> not a literal pearl necklace, not a, okay. a, a, a real pearl necklace. Okay. And, uh, and we were all like, oh my God, it's awesome. Like, whoa. And we stayed up really late. To like see if there would be more, and there wasn't. 
But we stayed up like way past my bedtime and everybody else was able to fall asleep. But I guess because I was like overtired and I wasn't. And the boobies. And the boobies were still in my brain. So I wasn't able to go back to sleep. And I just remember that being like a really yeah. weird experience. You had booby brain. I, I, I had a deep case of, case of booby brain. Booby brain and tetanus. Oof. I had, I, uh, I, this is, <laughs> this is weird, but I, I remember having, uh, I had a kid. Um, a classmate of mine who was like kind of a, uh, not a nerdy kid, but like, uh, he got teased a lot and he slept over in my house. His name was Jimmy McGee. And, uh, he was a guy who, that sounds dad, like a total fake name. I'm I know. sorry. I'm it's sorry. That's like, real. uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Kilbasa. Mrs. Kilbasa. <laughs> but he, he had, he, well, he also, his dad, uh, he was not doing well in school. So his early socialization was not working out well in school. And so his dad decided that the way to fix that was to send him to school in a limo every day. What? Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Which, of course, made all the things that happened to him during this school day be increased tenfold. But anyway. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. We can't, we, we, we can't just breeze past that. Wait, explain. Wait. He was having trouble socializing. This is yeah, like an episode like, of Tales from the Crypt. Wait. Yeah, so he was like, you know, he came from a family of, you know, relative wealth and he was not, but he was like kind of like the kid who he got teased a lot. He he didn't he wasn't very well coordinated. He wasn't, you know, he just sort of was like and his name was Jimmy McGee. So do you think his you know? his dad was like, "Well, we'll send you in a limo sort of to give you status yes. or like so so you'll feel more um like powerful and you won't you And your and your friends and the kids will be impressed. They'll respect you and get, and, and think you're cool. You. Okay. They want to hang out with you. That's This couldn't have backfired more than it did. I think it backfired exactly as much as it should have. <laughs> but it wasn't his fault, you know? That was the fucked up part. He did, like, you know, he's just like a fourth grader or whatever, you know what I mean? But he slept over at my house once, and he was so excited. And sleeping over was old hat to me, but he was so excited that I remember he, I fell asleep while he was talking, and I woke up four hours later and he was still talking. No. I swear to God. That is so sad. It was weird. Ugh. I also remember, this is a separate story, I also remember <laughs> sleeping over at my friend's house, and because I didn't have Nintendo, he had Nintendo in the game Battletoads. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that game? Yeah. It was inc incredibly difficult, and we played it, I think, like all night and just ate. I don't know, bad cereal. Okay, so you went from a really interesting story to a really shitty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Jimmy McGee, man. Um, what happened to him? <laughs> He's now like a, a research fellow at Columbia University. All right, Jesus so, Christ. But he takes a limo to work <laughs> yeah, every day. He takes a limo to Columbia. It day. all worked out for Jimmy <laughs> McGee. Um yeah. It is weird though that this show like just feels from that era of it makes you feel of that it, it because it is you know what it is it's a very sort of grown up show and as like I guess we're adults which is sad to say no but um, watching it it's so enjoyable but there is something that's so kid it's such a um, like kid bait like as yeah. a kid it's so cool to totally. sort of watch that Absolutely. like that's what I thought when oh so there's a scene where. The, well, the the kind of the big finale is he pulls this Q-tip that he's jabbed in his ear out, and it's like this long, slow shot. And I was just thinking to myself, like, 
yeah, this, like, you have to throw in this gratuitous, gory shot. Yeah. For, basically for kids, for, like, young teenagers, because you got to gross them out. Like, you can't do a Tales from the Crypt episode without a total gross-out shot. Yeah. I, I think the show's really awesome. I mean, I'd like to watch more, but what's cool about it to me is also, knowing that it's from old pulp comics, also gives me the sense that the people that are making this were fans first. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the, I assume that a lot of them were influenced by these sort of types of magazine, these science, these horror things, the science fiction, science fiction, that type of stuff. So for them making it was like a nice throwback or really fun for them to do, which I think is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I believe that. It's also weird. It, it like, it's, uh, the stuff that's on HBO now is so highly produced Mm -hmm. and it's still very good. Like I feel like HBO still produces really good content, but I feel like tales from the crypt is like from this era. That's no longer obviously, but it's like, there was something like, I don't know, like silly and weird about it. Like it was like unafraid to sort of be silly. I don't think, I think that HBO is totally different now. Like, Right. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I feel like HBO, it's amazing to see HBO back in the day versus now, because now it's basically they're producing their own movies. Yeah. Whereas that are slightly below the budgets of high budget movies. Yeah, you're right. Yep. But back then it was like, it was the new frontier where they're basically producing like totally gonzo weird stuff. Yeah. yeah but no, I, that's what I mean. It's it's really interesting. I feel that. like a show like this now would still do well though. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I don't think so. You don't no. think so? No. I don't think so either. I feel, I feel like feel people like- yeah, you know what? Maybe it's yeah, maybe maybe not. I don't know. I, I just feel like I don't even think there's any place for it. <sighs> adult swim. It might do good on adult yeah, swim. Yeah, this does feel sort of like a precursor of like it's different because it's all, it's not as absurd as Adult Swim. You know what I mean? It's more it's it is more campy and it's more pulpy than yeah. Culp Swim uh, than Culp Swim than Culp Culp Swim than Dolphin than Dolphin Titmus Titmouse Swim. But um, <laughs> but it does have that sort of feel of like we're having fun making this. We're like this is uh, sort of like we're in our own world that we've created, right? Which I think relates in a way. But yeah, HBO HBO is different now. But it, it is cool. I I can see that this is an HBO show. Like I the the boobies the booby the boobies tipped you off. The boobies tipped me off. The, the boobies the, titted you off. The blood and gore. But also that this was when I, again based on Wikipedia. So this is definitely truthful. But this was sort of in the early days of HBO content. So the gore and the blood and the sex sex stuff was also new to TV in general. Yeah. Like this wasn't something that was, you know, now this is sort of old hat what we're seeing because we've seen like Breaking Bad and all this other, you know, crazy, you know, explosions and blood and stuff. But at this point, at that point, there wasn't a lot of that going around. Yeah, it was also probably really raunchy compared to a lot of television. Yeah, I mean, Peg Bundy looked pretty, she was... She's pretty leathered up. Yeah. Yeah. Do, can, can we talk about how they dressed a little bit, maybe? Yeah, let's just, let's just do that. We talked about the bolo tie. We talked about the bolo tie. The, the people in the audience, it was such an eclectic mix. I feel like you'd never see that now. There was like, there was dudes 
in Hawaiian shirts. I noticed a lot of Hawaiian shirts and like mustaches and stuff like that. But then there were also like totally total punk rock punk rockers. It just seemed kind of bizarre. It was like that era of the nineties in which like nobody really quite knew what was cool. Well, I think there was no solid good style, so everybody was just wearing their own shitty thing and it it's sort of mixed. <laughs> That's together. why I think it took place in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I imagine Miami was like. Yeah. Um, I guess the 90s was kind of like a big Miami. Yeah. It was post-Miami Vice, so it sort of had permeated the, the yeah. culture. Uh, it was awesome. It was pretty good. It was pretty great. If you were to make a drinking game for um, Tales from the Crypt, for this specific episode, since uh, every episode is different, what would what would you have to drink to? Mm-hmm. Good question. You take a shot of Vino Verde every time they made a Portuguese <laughs> reference. <laughs> <laughs> so every time the word kilbasa was mentioned or him going to Portugal. Yeah. Every, every time you see a vein in his head. Oh, my God. That guy had such a veiny head. He was great. He I was great. I've seen that guy before. He looked very so familiar. I'm very familiar. He's he was a stocky, like, you know what? He might have even been an episode of Seinfeld at one point. Yes. yes that's He's right. the guy who looks like George. Yes. Who tries to back into the parking spot. That Ooh. Yes, yeah, so we did spot. it. That is unreal. That we just did that. That was so good. Sick. We found that, figured that out so quickly. I'm not even going to IMDB it to figure yeah. out we're wrong. <laughs> Wow. Let's just keep that no, as a trap. I him. think that's totally right. How do you think that he's guy's wearing the same glasses? I bet. What do you think? What do you think his day to day is? I bet he's on auditions all the time and doing a lot of he's random just auditioning. Roles. He's doing fine. He's doing fine. I think he's doing all right. Where do you think Tales from the Crypt stacks up on his? If, if he's putting together his his, I uh, think he can't CV. put it. I can't. I can't believe that he'd be able to put that on his reel too hard because. It's such an old show, but that's a that, that's a prime role right there. Yeah. Um. Well, I I thank you guys so much. Uh, before we go, uh, we'll, we're gonna in a second play another song of yours. Yeah. Uh, for the, we're gonna play the full song for the audience. Um. So we'll intro that in a second. And do you want to mention your guys' website where people can listen to more of your stuff? Yep. Um www.misskilbasa.net Prewar.tumblr.com Prewar.tumblr.com Check it out. I'm a huge fan uh, of your guys' music. I love it. So why don't you intro this next song? The next song is on the record they were working on um, that should be out in like the next couple months and is well, right now I guess we're calling it a Burnt garlic. Okay. To be maybe changed. And if Probably. it's the same. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. We're going to play that. And thanks so much, guys, for stopping by and watching Tales from the Crypt. It was an absolute blast. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. All right. Let's take it out. Pre or.
Thank you for listening to It's That Episode. You can check me out on Twitter at Craig Rowan or on uh, any other thing. I've got a website, CraigRowan.com. You can check it out on iTunes. Go to Sirius XM Radio every Friday at 6 on Channel 406 for It's That Episode. Have a good time and check out Prewar, prewar.tumblr.com. Hope you enjoyed their music. Thanks for listening. Have a great night and an early manana. Adios, amigos. Mm-hmm.